Hey, this is Ben. Listen to my dad's podcast, Turkey. <laughs> turkey, chicken wing. Too far, too far. Don't insult people. <laughs> Don't call them turkey chicken wings. You're going to hurt their feelings. Oh. So, <laughs> he says so. Listen to my dad's podcasts or die. What would you say you do here? Have a good time all the time. Who's got it better than us? Nobody! What in God's holy name are you blathering about? Well, I'll tell you what I'm blathering about. I've got information, man. I want you to be realistic. What do you love about music? Are you being realistic? As the story grows. Thanks for joining us. You heard the kid. You better be listening to his dad's podcast, you turkey. Um, thanks for coming back and listening to the next chapter as the story grows. My name is Trav, and uh, with me, as always, is Stephen. He's on the other side of this microphone, I think. Stephen, are you there? Uh, I'm, I think so. You think so? Yeah. Turn around. We were gonna do <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Hilarious story I got to tell you, because um, okay. you're not because you're not on Facebook. But uh, a buddy yeah. of mine, like I read a lot of stat- status updates and find them really funny. Like certain people will post really witty, funny things. But this one in particular just nailed it, man. It was just like, it was so funny because it was just him telling something that happened. But it was just absolutely perfect. And you're a Lebowski fan, so you're going to appreciate this. Um, my buddy got into a cab the other day, and he. 
he said he was in a cab and he and the, the Eagles came on. <laughs> and he's How do you, you, resist? you already know where this is going. How do you resist the temptation? He said he said so she so said I had the most perfect cab ride today. He goes, Me. Dude, I had a really rough day and I hate the effing Eagles. He said without him missing a beat, the guy pulled the car off the road and started screaming at him, Get out of my effing cab, get your own you know, like whatever the line That's is from the movie. Awesome. He's like, you don't like the Eagles? Get your own effing cab. And he said they both just stopped. Like, he just stopped. Like, whoa. And it, he said they both just stopped and then immediately busted out in laughter, like like bonding laughter together. Great. Then he got back in the cab, got back on the road and drove, and they were, like, laughing the whole time. I was like, man, how awesome would that have been? He, he said he was sitting in the cab, and he was like, the Eagles came on, and he was like, I have to say it. And he said he, he just, so he just blurted the line out. And he said the guy just, like, perfect pocket just jumped in that pocket and pulled over and did the line perfectly and did the whole like getting out and screaming and everything that's great like in perfect timing yeah oh man he, he posted that and i was like i gotta tell travis that story i love it that absolutely love anything lebowski related that's yeah. fantastic facebook status update of the year hands we just down did it. we just did it the other day after a uh, band practice after after half bomber <laughs> practice um i said something like uh dude you want to Something like that. Oh, oh, I was saying, how's it going with that girl you were seeing? He's like, I, I don't know, man. I just, she's seeing somebody. She's got a she's got a boyfriend now. And I was like, she's got a boyfriend? <laughs> no problem. I can take care of that. What time is it? Four o'clock? She could be single by 430. You know what I'm saying? Nice. Right? And, goes, <laughs> and, and his brother, Leon, goes, you need a toe? I can get you a toe with her. I mean, I know it's cliche at this point to say, like, you know, let's quote the Big Lebowski, but man, that movie to this day is like the no, most funny, care. perfect comedy care. ever. My wife has always said things like, like it's complicated for women to be friends with each other, and sometimes it can get weird and catty. And she tries to stay away from the gossip yeah. and everything, but she's like, women have complex relationships that require years and years and years of till, tilling and making sure that it's right. And she's like, and you stupid boys. If you guys have seen the same Simpsons episode and you figure it out, you two are best friends. And I'm like, yeah, kind of keep it simple. Yeah, but Lebowski's the Lebowski's a new level though. Like if like the cab thing, like those two probably should have exchanged numbers and hung out. You know what I mean? Yeah, that was. Yeah, the the Lebowski definitely bonds people together. That's mm -hmm. for sure. Um, yeah, so that was that was a really funny story. That is funny. So, uh, how was your week? Anything? Uh, well, first of all, I guess we should tell our listeners that uh, this week. We are uh, speaking to each other. That's right. That's we right. We're interviewing each other. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. Um, l let's just set up the protocol that me and Stephen are going to have a weekly podcast. That's all we can promise. Um, might not have a guest. <laughs> By the grace of God, <laughs> lining up yeah. a guest every single week is a real big pain in the ass. People cancel. People reschedule. You got a couple in the can. You can't put them out yet because their album's not done. We said, whatever, dude. It's just, it is what it is. We can't get it done um, on time. Then we're going to put it out the way that we want it out there. And if mm -hmm. it can't get done on time, we'll do one by <clears> ourselves. <throat> we always have fun to talk about. Well, you know, for us to do a quality podcast every week or aim to at least have it every as often every week. Um, you know, things things get in the way. There's gonna be there's gonna be an off week. There's gonna be, you know, weeks where we have guests and weeks where we don't have guests. There's no way to perfectly plan a weekly podcast. Weekly podcasts take a lot of work. For for us to, to be on schedule, we have 
days of other things going on. And if those things don't align, you don't yeah, get a show. I have a life, people. Get off my case, you know? Yeah. I have yeah. things to do. I have I have dreams and aspirations that I'm chasing. Around. I have things. Besides, my son was in the intro. You know how busy he is? You know how hard it is to get that kid to sit still long enough to say one thing into a microphone? For God's sake, let the boy watch your dog. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Hopefully somebody got that. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm talking 90s culture again. All right. Anyway, <laughs> uh, anyway, but anyway, okay. we got some stuff though. We got some stuff to talk about. We got record oh, stuff to cover. Oh, this Concerts. isn't filler. This isn't stuff. filler. All oh, killer, yeah, no filler. All killer, no filler. You asked me what I did this week. I'll tell you what I did this week. Um, I went to see Mastodon and Clutch. <laughs> And not big business. Uh, no, big. Oh, <laughs> oh, I, I Which would have been the perfect, the perfect, you know, trilogy of mu- music for you, right? Big business dropped off the tour the night before in New York, and the night and the, the first <laughs> night of the tour, there was a band from overseas called Graveyard, I think. And uh, I went late. I missed them. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't catch a note of them, so I'm not gonna criticize them. They might have been the best band in the world. I was gonna say they were probably the best band in your. I don't know, but. The perfect mix. They weren't big business. I would have been on time for big business, but whatever. Oh, and oh. and big business is amazing live. Steven, I've seen I have a story times. that I didn't think to tell you. Listen to this. Um, I had nobody to go to this concert with. I was going to go stand there and watch Mastodon Clutch by myself and just turn around and walk back out. Did you have uh, two tickets? I didn't. I had one ticket. Oh, okay. I'm texting um, with my friend Tom. You know Tom Landau. Buddy of mine that I've been in bands with for pushing so many years. What's yeah, up, Tom? Yeah. He better be listening. He's probably not listening. He can't figure out how to listen to podcasts on his phone. And um texting, texting with him and 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 he was like, Okay, dude, that sounds good. I'll go. And I'm like, ah, I guess. Like we could probably buy tickets until we get there, but the ticket window is closed because you know it's the day of the show and you can't order and all that. I hope this works. So as we were getting out of the car, as we were pulling in in my car, we still did not have <laughs> a second ticket. We still weren't exactly Yikes. sure if that's a risk. Ready. It is a risk. You're not going to believe who came walking up to my car. If you guess, I will mail you a $5 bill. Dude, my guess is way worth more like than $5. Like, Give me 20 Zach Sclafani, our cousin. No way. Zach comes walking up to my car like, he's jacked. He's like a tall kid now. He comes walking up to the car like he's going to beat me up because he saw me through the window. And I was like, yo, what's going on? And Zach's like, yo, do you know anybody that needs an extra ticket? <laughs> Wow, that's great. That's like, like God, man. Well, thank you, God. That was God cool. shining down his his grace. And I was like, "How do you have an extra ticket?" And he's like, "Well, me and my buddy, and he's pointing at his friend over there, and his girlfriend, and 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 I have this fourth ticket. We got four free tickets from the. Uh, he works for like an auto dealership or something like that. And uh, mm-hmm. we get events here and everything. And I had four. I had four free tickets. So, <laughs> Tom, Zach, his buddy, and his girlfriend walked in there for free. And they just got oh, the wow. tickets earlier that day. And Tom got the ticket in the parking lot walking in there. That's I bought, so cool. I bought my ticket two and a half months ago. I paid $41. <laughs> what, did, what did Tom end up having to pay for his? Zero. He bought oh, me man. He bought me beer because he felt bad. I was like, all right, that's good enough. Let's give you 20 and then you guys both paid 20 bucks for a ticket. 
Yeah, I was you thinking of suggesting that, but then I'm that guy that's like, no fair, give me money, and I didn't want to be that guy, so whatever. But you are that guy, so you might as well just be honest. Shut up. <laughs> I'm kidding. So we went. So, to, we went to see the. That's Mast- awesome. We went to see the Mastodons. I for forty one dollars and Tom for free. <laughs> and, and the clutch. And the clutch, and they were, dude, they were great. I know you're not a big Mastodon fan, and I hate you for it. Mastodon, dude, explain with everything that is going on with the music industry right now and all the mess that everything is, explain how Mastodon is pulling off what they're pulling off, writing the music that they're writing, playing the style that they're playing. Explain that band. Can I? Are you asking me to? I am asking you to because so let me leave, let me reframe let me reframe the question so I understand it. Okay. If you want me to explain how Mastodon got to the level of huge that they are in the world of the kind of uh, mainstream music that we have in the, mess, the in the mess that we're in? <clears throat> how is a mainstream prog metal band even in existence and and okay. doing well? Here's how. I already have the answer. Okay. Because, and this is this actually is why I don't like them. Because, well, let me rephrase that. I don't hate them. I just don't dig them. Okay. And I, I they're like the Foo Fighters to me. I always use the, the Foo Fighters is the ultimate re- example. It's the band I like. Everything about them, in theory, is awesome, and I should love them. But I just can't get into it. And here's why. Here's to answer your question. And here's why. Uh, hopefully, because, you do. Because because if you listen to their first album. Which I believe is called remission. remission. I'm not sure about that. Yes, okay, sir. if you listen to you know like uh, the f- song of the f- fire ants or whatever the heck that song's called, March. <laughs> you know, I just March, March of the Fire, of, March of the I fire think, Ants. Okay, I think it is. Yeah. yeah. If you listen to that song, the production mm-hmm. and the heaviness and like the kind of like all together what they are, and then you listen to the new album. The problem is for me, they have become a mainstream, overproduced. Kind of melodic rock band, wrapped mm. around some metal and some cleverness, and it's like, yeah, the, they're amazing musicians. They can play, overplay. They can play me out out the door, like uh, you know, they'll play play me to the death, you know. But their songs bore me, and and usually when songs and and I'm not not to say that like the standard is me, but like I just I just personally respond to music naturally a certain way and and I just happen to notice if 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 I'm looking at it and comparing it it's it tends to be the music that 90% of the human race love is that I'm in that 10% and it's like whenever what I respond to what emotional response I have to music is often something specific and it it just isn't in the bands that end up that big and that popular and it's not because they're that big and that popular because I love really big and popular bands it's just there's something like along the journey from remission to where they are now, I kind of went, mm, just something's just not letting me c- click with this. And it's because I don't c- uh, connect to what they're doing. Something There's something there. Maybe it's the vocals. Um, maybe the song's just like, like uh, I lose, uh, I'm not like focused enough or I don't, I don't, uh, they're, they're just, they, they don't keep me, uh, in, you know, God, I can't even talk. They can't keep me focused enough to pay attention um i don't have an emotional connection to any of it and so it all becomes a blur and then they become famous and huge and everyone loves them and i think just i think music has to be kind of like on that like 
I don't want to say generic level, because they're certainly not a generic band, but they're just sort of on that level where they're accessible enough for everyone to get into it. And I've, that's that, it's that level of accessibility that I can't connect to. And that's my answer. And it's subjective. Nobody's going to agree with me, but that's just, that's just where I'm at with it. Nope. So then Clutch came on. Wow. They are... I like them. I don't love them. And they are fantastic live, and they helped me turn a corner with them. I've always liked Clutch. I always started to feel like, you know what, their stuff kind of starts to sound the same a little bit. They got like that Zeppelin blues thing going with like a really unique vocalist over it. And and then I watched them perform live, and I mean, they <coughs> are just spot on, honed mm-hmm. their craft. Yeah. They're great. Oh, my God. I just, I just, I missed the boat on Clutch. I have so many other albums and I listen to them once in a while and you know, everything's background music cause you're too wrapped up with your life and everything. But there I had to stand there for an hour and let Crutch just beat me about the face. And I was just like, like every song, I just look at a Tom, like, damn dude, these guys are just killing me right now. Their drummer I, is so good. So oh yeah. Good. He's amazing. He is, he is like the heart and soul of clutch in my opinion. But I, I will say this. I, I come from the first era of clutch i i was actually really into them um when they were on major labels and they were doing earlier like the 90s albums mm-hmm. and what i really responded to with clutch was um and and here's a band that i'm going to um uh i'm giving a pass to clutch because i don't actually like the newer clutch stuff i i, I put it in that exact same speech i gave mastodon but i give them a pass because they are to me the epitome of rock and roll, like the epitome of just rocking out. And, and I'll say this, like their are rock fury, pure rock fury. I will say pure rock fury is the last record I actually really loved. And, mm-hmm. um, my favorite is definitely the self-titled space satellite album. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The listen up. You stinking maggot song, oh, dude. Yeah, but the thing, dude. the thing, what made them so awesome was, Back then, in the in the mid '90s, when they came out, or early '90s even, they there was nothing like that. There was like, there was no such thing as taking like helmet kind of stomp and applying it to redneck sort of parody and and kind of the the, the beginnings of what is now like the bar stoner, you know, stoner Zeppelins stuff, whatever. It's so overplayed now, and I think that's half the reason why I. I, I can't connect to there, it's there's a glut of mastodons and clutches and all that stuff now the sword you know would be an example um, bands like that these sort of like second or third generation of of these sort of bands but when 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 clutch came out with um, uh, man now I'm gonna forget the name of the album the first one the uh, uh, oh crap come on help me out uh, when they, let me put it this way: When MTV aired their video for a Shogun named Marcus, mm-hmm. and he's you know singing that 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 chorus, you know, shampoo, you know.
Oh my gosh. And I'm and I I'm I'm picturing huge fat beard guys with beer guts and wife beaters and I and then I see the picture of the lead singer and right. he's he's this yeah I, I mean nineties Neil Fallon. I mean clean shaved, short oh. haircut and a t shirt and jeans and I'm like, that's the singer? I mean what people don't realize is um one of their one of the main things that uh, that that they were pulling from other than Zeppelin was Captain Beefheart. I mean they were doing some Beefheart blues kind of like right sort of like guttural almost growling blues vocal and Brad, like Brad Jacob the guy that recorded our album the Unteachers album mm-hmm. he said he hasn't seen Clutch since 1994. I told him I just went to see him he was like oh great how were they? And he said I haven't seen Clutch since 1994. Neil wore a pair of dress pants and a button down shirt. I'd hire him. Yeah. <laughs> he said I'd hire yeah. him. It made me laugh. <laughs> yeah. He, up, he he just doesn't he just doesn't fit the mold of what you're hearing. And especially in the nineties. So when they did the space album and like Elephant Riders and stuff, like they were just oh, like Yeah, dude. Them. And and see one of the things I miss about them the, the their early records is um and I and I think this all just because because of how studios record nowadays and how like the loss of tape and all that. Um I loved the production. They had these weird productions, like, like the space album or satellite album. Uh, that one is really like Zeppelined out. Like it sounds like something Zeppelin would have done, like production wise. And then to follow it up with Elephant Riders. I mean, I think Elephant Riders is is one of the most well produced uh, classic recordings, like of that you know of the '90s. And like it sounds like it came out in another another era. It's super Sabbathy and heavy. But it just has it's all that. Gonna help me. Yeah. That concert's gonna help me delve back into my collection because I, I haven't listened to Mastodon in a while, and I want to go back and yeah. listen to some old stuff. And Clutch, I have so many Clutch albums from just you know collecting them from people. I bought a couple, but I I got some from other people too. And uh, I I again here my gigantic hard drive full of music, and I never listened to anything. It's it's it, it helped me go back and be like, oh yeah, I forgot how much I love mm-hmm. it. And I'm so thankful that i went to see them i saw them in let's see um name dropping here i went to i went to see clutch in the chameleon club many many moons ago they played with i was probably there with candiria no i wasn't at that well maybe i was at that one and i went and I, i was hanging with candiria because i'm really good friends with the dude that played bagpipes on one of their albums and i got i got to be uh I got to be friendly with the uh, Candiria guys. And You're a Candirian. I'm a Candirian, and they're wonderful, and I love them. That would be a good guest. Oh, I should go after Bebop. You should call him. I should get a hold of John. Or maybe we'll get Neil from Clutch. Listen up, you stinking maggots! Oh, my God. I love great. it. Um, <laughs> I remember going there and seeing Clutch for the first time and really not knowing anything other than the uh the hit you know uh escape from, from the prison planet yeah, planet, yeah. yeah. And, it was um, it was on the soundtrack to escape from la i know carpenter movie they were i, I mean the place the place went bananas it, it was, it was oh, yeah. such a great show i was i was you know i'm i'm in the back and i'm trying to watch a, a band and it was like i'm distracted because i just see i just keep seeing feet flying by people are upside down it was nuts that was probably 98 to hear, to hear a band live with a really great sound, like I've seen, I've seen them so many times, I lost count, and I actually stopped seeing them around the time Blast Tyrant came out. Like I, I 
you know, like after after Pure Rock Fury, I noticed that the vocals were changing and they were getting a little more like uh, I don't know for for a completely generic name, I would say like they're very uh, like bar rock, like a little more. They were becoming a lot more lot more mainstream and a little more like commercial and stuff. They were they lost the weird sort of like twisted edge that they had in the beginning, and um, and it, again, you know, me and my kind of musical like my musical snobbery, I got I got out of it, but. I bought Blast Tyrant. I remember thinking, man, this is like way too, way too overproduced. It's just too clean for the, and lost that sort of dirty Zeppelin-y kind of sound. But um, I, I went to see them live. They were still amazing. They were like the most kick-ass live band ever. Like, I mean, to this day, and I know they are continually kicking ass live, but I would say even back, back in the early days, they were like so heavy. And they would play a single string note like a single Zeppelin string, like, you know, like a, or a Zeppelin riff, like on a single string. And somehow when the drums and bass came in and they did that with it, it just like blew up. And it, you know, kind of like Helmet, where Helmet does power chords, you know, Clutch was doing like <laughs> Zeppelin chord, Zeppelin riffs, but he, Neil would come in and just scream over it, and that weird, yeah. like I said, that Captain Beefheart kind of growl, and it, like everyone was losing, like just ju- diving and jumping off the balcony, and it was. Just, I remember going home being like, "Man, they are like the best live band." <laughs> for real, for real, and man. and they're just awesome. They are. They are still. They're, they're still awesome. It's 2015. Mm-hmm. I I haven't seen them for 17, 18 years. Wow. And, uh, yeah, I haven't seen Brad, him in years. Brad said he saw him in 94. Dude, 94. He saw Clutch 21 years ago. Wow. Yeah, I saw him about a year or two later. That's when I was 96, I would say. That's, that's when I started to see him live. Yeah. They're still doing it. Yeah. One thing I wanted to bring up about um, Mastodon and Clutch was uh, to, I, I did I did something that I normally don't do. Um, usually, when you're about to go see a band, you load some of their music into your phone the week before, and you like start prepping, right? Mm-hmm. And Jamie Josta, uh, lead singer of Hatebreed, has his own podcast um, called I believe it's called The Josta Show. Maybe. I don't know what it's called. But Jamie Josta has a podcast, and um, he talks to some big names. Like, he's he's next level. And um, man, he doesn't need any plugs. He's doing a great job. He's got plenty of listeners. But I will say, the day of the Mastodon show, I listened to Jamie interview Brent Hines, the guitarist from Mastodon, the, the, the crazy curly red hair guy with the tattoos on his face. That's how everybody knows him. Um, mm-hmm. Steven, without exaggeration, I think it's the funniest podcast I've ever listened to. It was so entertaining. I mean, I was I'm working. I'm I'm a, I'm an exterminator, so I'm walking around outside checking mouse traps and stuff. Walking through, I remember specifically, I was walking through a Models and uh, giggling, like trying to contain my laughter, and that made it worse. And I'm like giggling out loud because of some of the crazy stuff this guy was saying. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put the link in 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 uh, on the show notes. You have to listen to this podcast. 
not I, I mean I appreciate you listening to ours and Jamie doesn't need the traffic, but dude, go listen if you've never listened to this. If you care about Mastodon at all, you have to go listen to this podcast. It's hilarious. Brent, he calls out people by name. He absolutely shits on Gibson guitars. He doesn't care. He's like, they screwed me out of a, a, a an endorsement and everything, so I don't care. F that. <laughs> He's, just going on. He's calling out people's names who work there and everything. He, no holes barred, <laughs> it's the funniest podcast I've ever heard. Dude, he was, oh my God, he was just, some of the funny little mannerisms that he has and, and mm-hmm. some of the stuff where you totally expect a rock star to just drop huge cuss words and f-bombs and stuff like that and he and he doesn't he says like funny silly things that your grandpa would say like at nice. one point at one point he's like talking about acting and stuff like that and jamie's like you're, you're involved in all this tv stuff and online stuff and everything why why aren't you doing more acting and brent is like because i'm i'm bi- i'm busy i'm playing in mastodon you, you silly bones <laughs> silly bones and i just remember like standing out in the bushes spraying for bugs laughing and looking in the window and there's people there and i'm like oh hey sorry you know like making too much noise and uh called him a goon langer like, oh, we're just a bunch of goon langers from georgia or something like that you have to listen to it it is he's adorable i love the guy he's hilarious and in his in his marble mouth goofiness there's some genius in there too the guy definitely nice. understands the record industry he understands touring he understands how this all works pretty funny stuff man um, well, I guess you have to know the industry to get as popular as they did and as big as they did. You would think so, and yet at the same, it's time, not always at the same not time, always hard work. Yeah, at the same time, Jamie was saying some stuff where he was like, you know, I know you guys are on Warner Brothers. Maybe it's time to audit your band because you should be you should be getting more money for the stuff that you've been doing. And, and Brent's like, yeah, maybe I should. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> who knows? Like within a couple of weeks, this might be a huge blow up with Mastodon suing their label or something. That all started from him and Jamie sitting around and talking. I don't, I don't know what's going to happen, but it was a great podcast, and I recommend it to anybody. And and I wanted to talk about that. I wanted to talk about how um, I'm music guy. I mean, I have my earbuds in my head all the time, and it used to be music, music, music all the time. And I think I'm listening to more podcasts than I am music lately. Um, I wanted to talk about what I've been listening to and, and what's been inspiring me to do a podcast with you and, and, and other stuff that I, I just want to spread to other people. I really think if you're listening to this and you're enjoying this at all, there are other podcasts out there that if you haven't heard of, I'd like to recommend. And I wanted to talk yeah. to you about well, it because I know you listen to them too. Well, I really appreciate you uh, endorsing the tourist trap like this and uh, giving me the, uh, giving me the, uh, you know, the props for being the main, main influence on, on this work that we're doing together. And, uh, and, and, sorry, I thought that's what you were, where you were going with this. So, so what podcast do you listen to? Oh, are you being sarcastic? Oh, I get it. I was, I was clowning. Don't blow your nose. I can't, dude. I'm, I'm a mess. I, I, I can hear it. It's, it's so obvious in your voice. It's painful. <sighs> I know. <clears throat> I'm trying to talk and breathe out of the same hole, and it's not working because my nose has been shut down for traffic. <laughs> I don't know, but... I want to. So what, do you, so what podcasts do you enjoy listening to? What are what are well, some was, of your favorites? I was talking a bunch, so I was going to try to throw it over to you, so that people okay. listen to my nasally allergy awful voice. But um, well, I mean, I'm not. I'm you know. And I'll clear my, my sinuses. I'll just. I'll try to be quiet. Go ahead. I, mean, <laughs> I, 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 I uh, try to. Uh, I, uh, I I I try to listen to. Uh, no. Um, you know, I, I'm weird with podcasts because um, 
I have two extremes, and I and there's really nothing in between. I either listen to stuff that's complete, like check your brain at the door, mindless entertainment, or extremely um, heavy sort of uh, educational stuff. And there's never really, okay. uh, there's never anything sort of in the middle. So I'm probably one of the worst people in terms of like, hey, uh, check out these shows I listen to. But I listen to um, there's a really great film podcast I listen to called Film Junk. Filmjunk.com. Um, they're an excellent weekly. Uh, they're kind of like the uh, the bar raisers because they they've been they're past their 500th episode. Whoa! Um, which is monumental. They're at the point now where they're actually selling USB drives that are custom made to their logo with their entire back catalog because they're they have no way to keep this audio online or so much. But um, Filmjunk.com. They're just they're from Canada, so there's there's a lot of Canadian humor. Uh, um, yeah, exactly. But they're it's not like you wouldn't really notice it until you really get to listen to them. But they're very they're just there's a really good vibe between the the three hosts, and they're they're just really really funny. And they all, and if you kind of you kind of have to listen to their shows to kind of get a lot of their inside jokes, but um, you kind of become a community when you listen to those types of shows, and you start to like know the little nuances that make them funny or not funny or whatever. That's cool. Um, but they, what they do is they, they always, they review every week, the new, whatever comes out in the theater. They somehow see it and talk about it every week. For example, this week they're doing the new Mad Max, which I'm dying to see. And they're, um, really? Oh yeah. I'm a huge Mad Max fan. Ugh. And this is supposed to be one of the best ones. That looks so dumb to me. Well, it looks so dumb to people who don't know anything about the movie, but if, if you're a fan of Mad Max, it actually looks like one of the best ones. That's me. I don't know anything about it. <laughs> but anyway, like, you know, so like that came out this past week, so they saw it in this week's episode will be on Mad Max and and then they they'll, you know, they cover uh they usually start with that and then they'll cover what um, you know, what they've watched throughout the week and then uh they always cover Redbox or I mean not Redbox, Netflix releases and Blu-ray releases and stuff. So they're always keeping people up up with film, so that's one of the main one my my weekly listens is that that show. I listen to um, I play drums in uh, numerous bands and projects and stuff. Drumming has been my thing since I was a little kid. I happened upon uh, thanks to Matt Putman, he recommended uh, a podcast called I'd Hit That. And um, hey, 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 it this is, is this is sort of a clean show. Sort of. Steven, it's a drumming pun. You get oh, it? that's right. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're hitting, hitting the drum, yeah. This dude does uh, interviews. I would totally hit that. <laughs> I hit that. Yeah, do it. <laughs> uh, he does um, mostly drummers. I think he also he also went through a couple intros where he was like, guys, please support me. Send me a dollar. Uh, this is really hard to do. And he, he puts them out when he can. Uh, he, he's got one of those, like, uh, I'm not abiding by a schedule. I'll put them out as I can. I'll put this link in there. He spoke to Brain, the drummer who played with Primus, and he played with Guns N' Roses for a while. He played with Tom Waits. Um, he does a bunch mm -hmm. of film score stuff now. Um, one of the most entertaining podcasts I ever listened to uh, were the stories about um, Guns N' Roses. He didn't touch on Primus very much, kind of a bummer, because Stephen and I are giant Primus heads, but um, he talked about the Guns N' Roses experience with Axel, which are like jaw-dropping. They're so funny and unbelievable, and it's like Axel, uh, Axel might really be from another planet, and this is like confirmation. Um, 
Tom, just jamming with Tom Waits and how Tom Waits is literally like, I don't want to rehearse or even let you know what the music sounds like. I just want you to start playing. And and you have to like figure that stuff out in front of people. He's, he's an interesting guy. And um, the Buckethead stories. Oh, my God. It's, it's, it's amazing when you start if you if you're a drummer and you're into this podcast, and you start following some of the episodes. Buckethead comes up a couple times and um, I'm getting more and more fascinated with just how crazy that dude is. Um, good stuff. I'll put a link in there to that episode, too. I recommend that one. Uh, I'd hit that as a fantastic podcast. And the episode with Brain, I think, is one of my favorites. Um, so I listen to that one pretty regularly. Um, one of one of the other really cool podcasts that I that I dig every week. Um, I listen to a lot of horror movie podcasts. Um, well, not a lot. I listen to a select few. Um, uh, there was like a f- there was a couple years there where like there was a lot of good shows um, that were like you know I'm the kind of guy who likes to listen to guys talk about like you know the John Carpenter films you know for four hours straight or something like I'm that's my mindless entertainment. I'm like you know. Some of my favorite horror films, some of my favorite films are horror films, so let me listen to these dudes who I kind of like align with their thoughts on what makes movies interesting and what makes uh, you know the, the creative process good and what makes these show- movies good or whatever. I agree with these guys, so let me hear them um, dissect you know these films or you know these you know, or horror genre, you know, whatever. That's, the, you know, that's something that I, I have a huge passion for, actually. It's another big thing I'm into and has no real place on this show. Not, I mean, not yet anyway. I don't, I don't see where it would connect. But, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big horror movie fan. And, well, you know, I find that, that, that sort of genre really interesting. And um, so I listen to some, some horror movie podcasts. And I'll mention two real quick. I don't, there's not much to say about them in terms of, talking about them specifically but if you're into that sort of a thing I would I would uh, point you in the direction of uh, horror movie podcast um, they're, they're just plain and simple plain and simple because they're trying to say we are the horror movie podcast like like we are the one the one and only like you know what I mean sort of and, and taking over <laughs> they talk about ballet <laughs> but um weird you'd think they'd call it ballet podcast then yeah, I know. Or they would talk some horror movies or something. But um, uh, one of probably the best horror movie podcast on the internet until until the horror movie podcast is a show from Canada called Horror Etc. And uh, they they have been slowing down lately, which is really unfortunate because they were one of the most intelligent conversation about about that sort of stuff. I mean, they were they had super smart stuff to say and. Um, the hosts were very different. They had very different uh, appreciations between the two hosts, and uh, so you get a lot of like various stuff coming in from that. And those are if you're into horror movies and you're into like conversations about film and movie genre like that, like check those two shows out: horroretc.com and I guess horrormoviepodcast.com. I think that's right. You've always been into so, horror movies. I, I mean, as, I'm, for as long as I remember, it actually had a big influence influence on my music too. Um, not like I play horror music, but just you know, like um, like horror if anyone music, <laughs> my uh, my like in the tantrum of the muse stuff, a lot of the samples and stuff we use a lot of clips from totally, various yeah, horror films, and the Texas Chainsaw Massacre original one is a huge influence on from uh, Victoria's Guys a Secret. That uh, that was Poltergeist too. Yeah, Poltergeist. That's it. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, please. And there's a lot of, uh, yeah. He's a creepy dude. He is a creepy um, dude. I hated that clip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of horror movies in those in those Tantrum albums. And, and even, like, the artwork of modern music was inspired by uh, by Texas Chainsaw Massacre and stuff like that. So, right. um, yeah, I'm a horror guy. What can I say? I, I can't handle it. I'm a total freaky cat, total baby when it comes to horror movies. I'm the guy who, like... Like, I don't get physically scared to go down into my basement after a horror movie or something like that. But I have insane dreams after I see that stuff. And I, 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 it, it just disturbs my sleep. And it's just, it's in there and it rattles around in my head and it breaks loose at weird times. And I can't, I can't handle it. I'm the guy who that genre genuinely frightens. I cannot do it. I've defended the genre and defended myself that it doesn't affect me negatively. Um, I've never been 100% certain of that, but I can, I can say that I have a really good, um, I'm, I, I have a really, really strong ability to separate spiritual conviction and, and, um, you know, like losing, not losing myself or taking it all too seriously to the point where it affects me in a spiritual sense or, or a personal, uh, or how I treat people or how I view the world, you know, all that it kind of, I keep that stuff very separate, um. I actually find a lot of cruel things in films to be disheartening and tasteless. And so I, as much as I love horror films, uh, the, you know, getting, getting into my thirties, becoming a father certainly will change that. Um, and, and being, I don't know, growing in my faith and all you find that you, the love and appreciation for horror can grow, but yet there's certain things about the genre, like some of the more uh, torturous stuff or the really cruel sort of, things you know like hostile and stuff things like that where it's it's only intention is to torture people for an hour and a half and those yeah. types of things I've, I've lost a lot of interest in and i don't find like i don't get on youtube and watch real people dying and getting beheaded and stuff i don't get into any of that because i find that that stuff is real life and that's the stuff that's disturbing but um you know when you get the, the idea that it's all just sort of a, you know, when I've always heard like the movie directors say when, when, when you film a comedy, everything is so serious and so heavy handed because you're trying to nail comedy. You're trying to nail the, the joke, but with horror films, you know, you're having fun because you're trying to build up this suspense and this scare and you're all running around and spilling blood on blood on each other. And, and it's all hmm. make believe. And then when it's over, you know, the killer, you know, takes off the mask and everybody goes and has dinner and it's, ah, we had a great time making this crazy film. And right, right, there's this, right. there's this whole like fantasy side of it that allows you, I mean, and if you have your head on straight and you watch horror films, you can appreciate it for just sort of, I don't, and I don't, I have never really been able to figure out what, what makes me connect with it, you know, but there's just something I think entertaining and fun about it. And, and it's so not real life to me. And that's what makes it, makes it uh you know fun and if it's a good story it's a, it's like reading a good science fiction novel or a good Stephen King book you know you lo- you 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 love the suspense and the thrill of it and so it's like a, watch, it's like a roller coaster you watch that kind of stuff alone by yourself at night and then go okay time to go to bed get up turn the oh yeah I'll sit there it doesn't even affect uh, you. not a not at all uh, that I mean, is that's you- unbelievable that you have that relay switch somewhere I, I I couldn't do it I'm I'm man enough to admit that I'm not man enough to watch horror movies. <laughs> Grow yeah. up! <laughs> no, I'm just I'm kidding. The, I'm the no, guy that would be like, I'm the guy that would be like, can I, can I, can I sleep on the floor next to you? <laughs> I can't sleep, you know. Well, you know, like, um, I mean, it's definitely a real thing. People do have horror or have like nightmares and stuff. And I don't, I don't, 
I don't know what creates that. I don't know if that's a psychological thing some people have, some people do, or the way they think, or the way other people think. I don't know. I don't know how it all works. But uh, yeah, I'll lay there at, in bed at night in the dark watching something on my Netflix, and then I'll get tired and turn it off and go to sleep and literally not dream about anything. And if I do dream about stuff, it's usually usually stupid stuff. Like um, I have anxiety dreams. My my nightmares are anxiety. Like I I have. I panic that I'm that I'm on stage playing a show, and I look down and my guitar is missing, you know, and I'm about and and just there's a and there's like five thousand people standing there waiting for me to play because I had a real experience of that happen at Cornerstone at one of our biggest it was our biggest show ever and I and some of our equipment was missing and um we stood there panicking trying to borrow stuff and I that changed me forever I still have anxiety dreams of being on stage or I'm playing the guitar and all of a sudden my hand is going in slow motion and I can't strum correctly and really? um and I'm running out of batteries you know like that kind of thing and the crowd is going what's wrong with this guy you know those are my because it's because it's my brain is saying because I have anxiety my brain is saying you know the you're you're you need to nail this and you're not going to and, you know that's sort of that's my nightmare you know people getting killed in horror films doesn't affect me at all well so anyway that was a really long rant we can do uh we can do dreams on another episode i had a, i had some recurring dreams different points in my life dream 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 i like that song sorry me too <laughs> we can do oldies on another show we're looking for show ideas now. <laughs> no, wait, no, I would love no. to do an episode on oldies. I love oldies music. Uh, I listen to a. I uh, just want to plug one more um, show that's really really cool. Going all the way over to my like educational side. Um, there's this really cool show, and and I, I you know my I'm a Christian, and I have a. I uh, I take theology pretty seriously, in particular uh, reform theology. And um, however, um, I really love listening to discussions where um, I listen to a lot of podcasts with, with heavy theological stuff and I could list a thousand of those but um, uh, one of them being Mortification of Spin everybody go check that out anyway but what I what I want to plug uh, is, is a show called Unbelievable and it's uh, from the UK um, but the, 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 the setup for the show is um, they get a person of two conflicting views and they have a very, very educational and like scholar conversation. What's and the name so of it? It's called Unbelievable with a question mark, like Unbelievable. And it's a, uh, um, you can hear it on, um, it's a Premier uk, I believe is the website. Um, but just just um, Google Unbelievable Premier Christian Radio or something I'll like that. It'll, it'll come up. Links. Yeah, we'll we'll do a link. But um, anyway, um, their whole thing is like w- they'll take a hot topic, you know, ho- um, gay marriage or something, you know, something that's being debated amongst society and the church and all that, mm-hmm. and and they'll get they'll get people of different conflicting sort of doctrinal or I mean a uh, uh, um, scholared views. So they'll get a, a scholared person of uh, who who believes it's it should be okay, and then we have a, you know a scholared person who believes it shouldn't be okay. So there's going to be a very intelligent conversation. It's not going to be you know something you know we would do <laughs> mm-hmm. and the conversational topics i mean it goes from i mean goes from all kinds of stuff stuff from like you know um you know b- the belief in god to the uh you know is the turin shroud the burial cloth of christ you know has the big bang gone bust uh 
you know, um, is the church failing gay Christians? You know, it's like all these like heavy topics, you know, and there's, it goes so, there's so many things and, and they, they have these really cool intelligent conversations that will make you think about things differently for sure. That's cool. That's, that's, that's actually something that I'd be looking forward to listen to. That's pretty cool. Yeah, dude. I mean, you would, it's, it's fun to listen to. It's topical. So, I mean, like, and you can cherry pick that kind of the same way. Like, you know, you might be like, man, I've heard about a thousand debates about this already, but you know, um, sometimes they'll, they'll post debates with like Dawkins versus like, you know, a huge Christian scholar like William Lane Craig or something. And I'll have these like crazy public, the atheist versus Christian debates and stuff. And you get a lot of like heavy stuff to think about and mm. it'll melt your brain. Some of that stuff. Mm. Um, does the future have a church? <laughs> you know, these are the conversations is heaven for real. <clears throat> wow. You know? All right. I'm putting them in links too. That sounds yeah. interesting. Definitely Very check that out. But anyway, yeah, we, we, we could go on and on about podcasts we listen to, but I, hopefully people are enjoying this conversation about podcasts and, not being bored that we're not talking to a band guy or something. You are talking to a band guy and I'm talking to a band guy. Oh yeah, that's true. And, and, and let's, let's not judge podcasts on whether they get rock stars that week or not. Mm hmm. Um, Hey Steven. Yeah. Buy any new vinyl this week? I have. Oh man. Whew. You're so excited, dude! You've been texting me. Yeah. <laughs> well, me I, 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 I'm I'm excited. I'm excited because I'm a record collector, and anyone who collects records, and I've been doing this for since the '90s. Um, anyone who anyone who collects records, you get to a point where you're like, you get selective, and you kind of go, okay, you know, I discovered a cool band, I got the record, whatever. Um, but there's that list. There's that there's that coveted list of records that either have not ever been on vinyl or have been so rare to find that um, you know it's it's sort of a dusty a, a dust covered list that sits on your shelf that never to be checked off again mm. and on the very top of that list for me of records that are either you know five hundred dollars on eBay and I can't find them check the title of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh the uh on the very top of that list is a is a, a record that it's my favorite hardcore record of all time and it's Scattered Few Sin Disease. And Hell. um I bought this album on cassette probably three times because I wore it out and hit the record button accidentally and taped over a second. You know how that is, you know, when you're a kid and you're fast forwarding to the song you want to hear and you accidentally record over your song for like a second or two. You know, you, you constantly screw up your, your cassettes or break the tape, you know, and you buy them. I bought that cassette like three times, you know, and we're going to get into that album more thoroughly on a future episode because the record has been re is getting released on vinyl this summer yes. for the very first time. Yes. And um, both Travis and I... Uh, I would. I mean, I'm speaking for myself, but I'm sure you agree. It is the best punk rock, hardcore album for us that we that we've grown up. What's that? Number one. Yeah. Um. Not to go too deep into it, but the bottom line is, um, the record label that's putting it out is Burnt Toast Final. They're an amazing vinyl uh, yeah. record label. They've been doing this since the mid '90s, early early '90s. I 
they put out compilation CDs in like 94, 95. The guy's name's Scott Hatch. And uh, he's been doing, he's been responsible for a lot of Starflyer 59's vinyl. Like when Tooth and Nail would put the album out on CD in all the stores, they would handle the vinyl copies, the vinyl pr uh, print. And he always had the rights of, of um, a lot of the tooth of the of the Starflyer stuff, and you know he he kind of they he, they work with like um, Danielson and Sounds Familiar and Woven Hand and um, they do a lot of stuff with with Me Without You and and you know that sort of you know more, that kind of musical scene and um, Damien Gerardo I think I said Gerardo, um, so that's kind of where their scene is a lot of that kind of stuff. But um, they he Scott Hatch grew up on sin disease he loves sin disease and that was a record that was a big influence on him and somehow they got this thing remastered from our friend cliff uh cliff you may know cliff from the huntington's he does amazing mastering and he remastered sin disease Rec the record's coming out this july old school black vinyl like you know um punk rock that's and alan aguire lead singer of his words he said we're, we're just keeping it old school we're gonna keep it black and uh uh, so yeah, uh, go to burnttoastvinyl.com, buy that, pre-order that. It's coming out. Um, however, I was fortunate enough to score a test copy, test pressing. Um, there are apparently twenty copies available in the world of this, and I got one of the twenty through a uh, connection with Scott, and uh, he he sold it to me, and uh, it's. On black and blood red, marbled vinyl, and it's only as a test pressing that color. So I think I want one now. I told you I didn't want one, and now I think I want. You yeah, it's like, it, it sounds so appetizing. I'm kind of starting to. Sound. Dude, when when you're like one of a few people in the world that's gonna have it, like it's just, and it's so cool. He sent it to me with the name written on the label and the date and everything, and it's just like it's so, like you know. Like what you'd picture a legit test copy coming in, and they do high quality vinyl, and um, it transferred perfectly audio wise. And I got that thing in the mail yesterday, and I I broke it open and I laid it down on my turntable, and I literally had like a moment, like um, I'm this is gonna sound so stupid, and everyone's gonna make fun of me and laugh. I like got emotional. I got emotional. Like I, I because well for me it's a, it's a it's a it's a double reason because because it's it was the, the the one album I thought I'd never you know to me I felt like if I died and he, I said here's my record collection here's my life's collection my life's work I got everything that I thought was important musically that I ever wanted anyone to hear here it is on my record collection if that thing had not have been in there it would have not been a complete record collection and for me to have it on vinyl I opened it up I put it on the turntable and I'm and I was babysitting my daughter I had my daughter with me. And she's, you know, seven months old. She has no idea what, how about cool music yet. Um, I put it on, and I pressed play, and I held her the whole time, and indoctrinated her into punk rock. And that did was you cry, Steve. And did I, you cry? I did a little bit. That's pretty I, awesome. I didn't cry like I wasn't like the tear didn't roll down my face. I just like welled up. Like I was like, because the sound quality was so good, it just happened to, yeah, kind of. It, it just it happened to say I did, I did. Pussy, pussy. This from the horror movie guy who cries himself to sleep after watching. Okay, all right, after, all right, all right. After, all right, after right. watching uh, the, the Twilight Zone or something, he was just sleeping, cries. I had to get my jab in there. Shut up. <laughs> I had that jab waiting the whole time. <laughs> no, I was like, 
Wait till I call him a pussy. No. So yeah, I I'm holding my daughter and I'm singing, I'm singing uh, Freedom Cry, you know. And, That's awesome. And, and I'm like, man, this is so insane. I can't believe I'm playing this thing on vinyl in my house. No one else in the world, but the people who have a copy of this, are able to do this right now. And not even the band members probably have a copy of that. So it was I just. Alice's, I hope Alice's first word is sarks. <laughs> yeah. That'd be amazing. So that's my most exciting vinyl purchase, probably of the year. Um, I have one. I have one. I have cool. one. I have one. Yeah, go for it. I saved this from you, and you bought it too, and you forgot to bring it up when we were talking about vinyl. Tourniquet has a Kickstarter for pathogenic yeah. ocular dissonance. Listen, folks, folks at home, listen. I need that album on vinyl, and it'll never ever come out on vinyl if it doesn't yeah. happen I'm, through this Kickstarter. I'm looking at the Kickstarter right now. It's it not is, doing so well. It is not doing so well. It is no. 9.29 p.m. on Tuesday the 19th. And as of right now, it's $3,600 of $6,700 pledge. Come, come on. Guys, we gotta get to I honestly, I honestly think the reason it's not doing well is I don't think that many people realize it even exists. There's that hasn't been a very heavy, you know, promotion on it. And I would say maybe we should take it upon ourselves to get people to freaking like kickstart that thing because Well, I'm, I mean we're talking about it on our podcast. I don't know what else to do. We're not a huge yeah. podcast, but well, let's, other people hear this and spread it around. But seriously, if you go look at the Kickstarter link, there's an eighteen dollar metal pendant. Like ugh. Yeah. I feel like the band dropped the ball a little bit on this, but but you know what? If you're a fan of the music and you, but if the album yeah. can happen, it can actually happen. And something tells me, something tells me if this thing doesn't get to goal, 
this might be one of those Kickstarters where at the last minute, all of a sudden it made it to goal. Wink, wink. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Dude, I need this album. It's a double vinyl. I need it. I need it done. I, I'm a fan of the first three Tourniquet albums. And I and they, they, they the first two already have already been out on vinyl. Yep. Thanks, to, thanks to Vinyl Remains. Yep. If I don't, if we can't get the third one, once again, I'm going to die with a record collection that's not completed correctly. I need you all to go and kickstart this. Help me out. Help Tourniquet. No, help Ted and help me and Travis have this album. This is going to be a big week for you, listeners. You're going to spend a lot of money on vinyl. You need to go get Sin Disease and you need to go get Pathogenic Ocular mm-hmm. Dissonance. You can get you can get Pathogenic Ocular Dissonance on two times LP. You know, it's going to be two records because it's a long. It's about it's about almost an hour long album. Um, and I believe he's going to keep the packaging and the artwork. I think it's a gatefold, which is really cool. That's that's a that's a nice. That's going to look cool. And I believe it's the original cover, which is the best cover that they had for it. Right. And uh, you can get that on two record. You know, I think he's selling it for twenty bucks or twenty five bucks for that version. And then there's like a special edition, limited, yet to be decided how the vinyl is going to look. And that's forty. You get the you know very small run, like I think a hundred on a, on a limited edition. And that's so I I I, I uh, kickstarted for forty to get that limited one. I did too. I got some Starflyer and some Woven Hand for a really good price um, from Burnt Toast. Check out Burnt Toast vinyl, guys. Like, if, if you're into Woven Hand, there's a lot of there's a lot of bands on that on that list for sale. And he's they sell their stuff like '90s cheap, like like how vinyl was like for like sale. Discord cheap, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Discord Records and and Burnt Toast vinyl are like two labels who still kind of keep it like keep it real with pricing and right um, you can get. Some amazing packaged vinyl for like dirt cheap. All right, man. Is there anything else you want to cover tonight? I'm good. I've 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 depleted myself. I I have nothing left to say. I wow. 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 I'm Talk about some lack of empty, energy there. I'm, <laughs> I'm an empty shell. I'm an empty shell. I'm a shell of a man. <laughs> All right, man. Well, play us out. <laughs> Is this the ending? What do you mean, play? Yeah, us out? play us out like play like the end of the show. There's no, there's no words. There's no. What do you, what do you mean? What does that mean? We're we're gonna end the show. I just need you to play this out. To play, us, I can't, I can't do it. We'll do it live. Just I, I, I don't know. Play us thing song. We love you. Take care. Bye-bye.